A lot of the time, people underestimate us in the disability community. Theater proves that we can take on difficult endeavors with the right support and accommodations. We just need opportunities to take on challenges and chances to prove ourselves. Welcome to the Telling It Our Way podcast. I'm Allie. And I'm Becca. In this podcast, we bring you stories by disabled people about disabled people. Stories from the daily lives of self-advocates with intellectual and developmental disabilities. These are real people with complicated lives. They don't want your pity, and they don't exist to inspire you. Yeah, this is not inspiration porn. So, Becca, today we're talking about performances. I've never been a performer, so I I can't hold a musical note for my life, and I have no grace in dancing. (laughs) Uh, I just have, you know, one, one line in a to my credit in a church sketch when I was like seven. So this is I, a good start to yeah, the podcast. Yeah, I know. It's going to be great. But you do theater. So tell me a little bit about that. I, I do. I'm sort of a lifelong theater nerd. Um, and honestly, my experience in theater is coming from an experience in adaptive and inclusive theater. So the very first theater I ever did as a kid, I was part of a a VSA, which is a program run by the Kennedy Center, a sponsored program that did mixed ability theater with children with and without disabilities. And that was my first exposure to theater. And I've kind of ran with it since then. And so I have a, a ton of experience working with inclusive and adaptive theater companies, doing musicals, doing classes. I've taught improv to people with developmental disabilities. And I do a lot of storytelling events, which I I think are related to theater in some important ways. Why was your first theater experience in this VSA program? Was it just because that's what was around and available? Or did like your parents have a particular understanding of what they wanted you to get involved with? So this was just a local community theater by our house growing up. and, And we just happened to be kind of lucky enough that this was the program that was available. I was six at the time. This was the program that was available for six-year-olds. And, and you know, it clicked for me, and that became a huge part of my life. I, I briefly ran a summer camp, a performing arts camp for people with developmental disabilities when I was a teenager that was sponsored through this same program. And then, yeah, I've, I've just kind of ran with it from there. Many of the storytellers that we've heard on this season have actually come from a theater company that I worked with in Phoenix, Arizona. That's why we've had so many desert-based stories. Well, and, you know, to let our listeners know, we're, in a few weeks, we will spend a little bit more time talking about how we've recruited storytellers for this podcast and what that process is like. So you will all get a little bit more of a behind-the-scene glimpse at the storytelling that happens here on this podcast. Yeah, and I just think that theater and performing are really important avenues to change mindsets about intellectual and developmental disability. I think there are so many kind of myths and misconceptions about what it means to have a developmental disability that, you know, putting yourself on stage is a great way to kind of bust those myths or telling your story on a podcast. And it sounds like You are really passionate about creating performance spaces for all people, but also making sure that those are not segregated spaces in this way where you just have some disabled people get up on stage so everyone can say, oh, look at how cute those folks are and look at they're trying so hard. Isn't that just so inspirational? Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, it's all about kind of being in your community. That's been one of the sort of big themes of, of the podcast this season, I would say. Yeah. Well, we do have a story coming up that is by Brandon, and he is going to tell us about the experience he has with a dance group called iDance. Oh, I'm so excited. Let's listen. In 2013, 
My mom wanted me to take dance lessons at a dance studio. The studio was high dance, but it was called pro dance back then. High dance is an adapted performing arts center. We perform all over the city. The mall, downtown, Fifth Third Field, which is home to the Mudhens, the Huntington Center, which is home to Natalia Walleye and community events. At first, I was miserable. I didn't like it. I didn't know how to move my body to the meat. I had trouble keeping up. My first performance was at Mommy and Dark Theater. I was so scared that I ran off the stage. But as time went on, I kept going and I got better and better. I loved dancing to Billie Jean. I was dressed up like Michael Jackson on Halloween. He's my favorite artist. I also loved dancing to Uptown Funk by Bruno Mars. The Cupid Shuffle, Enduring Sound Reach to our national anthem, and an all time favorite, This Is Me from the Greatest Showman. Now, I feel great dancing. It gives me confidence that I can do anything and something and do it well. I dance up front when we perform. Miss Karen is our teacher. At first, she just played music on CDs, but the CDs kept skipping and messing up. One Sunday night in class, Miss Karen asked me out of the blue if I would be interested in writing the music. At first, I was a little nervous, but as time went on, I kept getting good at it. From there, I was a smash hit. I physically became known as a music man after the class. People were counting on me to rely on me to start and stop the music. I bound my people to music. I am proud to be the music man. Now whenever we practice or perform, I had the music queued up on my iPhone and ready to go. Every time they want me to play a song, I say, Is it music man? Or is it Brandon? It's one of the best shows I've ever had. I want to get the word out to everybody about what I do because I am proud of who I am. I want to thank Miss Karen for supporting me since day one. Without her, her dance wouldn't be right with me today. Without her, right at the helm of things. I am happy with the way things are now. I don't know what the future holds, but as long as they have me on board, I want to keep doing it. Thank you, Brandon, for that story. And so if you are local to the Northwest Ohio area and you're interested in seeing iDance, I would check out their social media. They've usually got their performance dates there. So maybe you can see Brandon, the music man, in person. (laughs) I would encourage folks to because Brandon is a really dynamic performer and it's been really fun to just listen to. Brandon's story. You know, Becca, what's really funny is that, and I don't know if I should give away the deep secrets of our podcast brainstorming, but go for it. Okay, I'm going to do it. Initially for this episode, we were going to be talking about self-advocacy. And when we started recruiting storytellers, what was funny is that we found a couple of storytellers who had this connection of performance that just really seemed to shine through. Yeah, I mean, that is an interesting thing that just sort of happened organically. But I mean, I think that everyone could hear in Brandon's story the way that he became more confident in himself through performance. It's pretty obvious where the connection is. I don't know that that's something that is limited at all to folks with intellectual developmental disabilities. I think performance is something that can really bring bring people confidence. And it's really funny, actually, when you meet performers who 
when they're not performing are complete and total introverts, right? <laughs> it's it's so interesting because you just assume all performers must be really extroverted. And the more performers I meet and interact with and become friends with, the more I realize that so many are introverted people. Oh, that's so interesting, right? So it's like, this is who I am, but when I'm on stage, I'm a completely different person, so I can act in a completely different way. Yeah, it's an opportunity to Mm -hmm. try on something different and to build confidence. Mm. So I think that resonates really well with our next story. So next we have Leah, who's going to share a story about a theater production she was in that challenged her and the people around her to think differently about people with intellectual disabilities and what they can do. My name is Leah, and I'm a 29-year-old actor with disabilities. I've been acting since I was four. For the last 14 years, I've been acting with companies designed for actors with disabilities. Theater gives me confidence, and it's a way of self-expression. It makes me feel accepted by everyone in the theater companies I'm involved with and by the local communities I'm part of. A lot of the time, people underestimate us in the disability community. Theater proves that we can take on difficult endeavors with the right support and accommodations. We just need opportunities to take on challenges and chances to prove ourselves. My theater group often chooses shows that are family-friendly and lighthearted. A few years ago, though, our directors brought up the possibility of doing a very difficult, mature show called Rent. Rent includes topics like AIDS, being part of the LGBT community, addiction, and homelessness, all while the characters live in a time and place that are not accepting of those things. Yet, they form a found family to help each other get through it all. Some people in our group thought we could not handle the mature themes or how difficult the production was. They assumed we couldn't understand what the show was about. However, instead of deciding on their own, our directors let us go as a community on what we wanted to do. I advocated for our community by explaining that we were more than capable of understanding the mature themes and handling putting on the production professionally. We decided to do two shows, Rent and a more family-friendly show called Newsies. That way, everyone's needs and desires could be met. I auditioned and got into Rent. This was an important show for us to do as actors with disabilities because people with disabilities have our intelligence and capabilities questioned all the time. This show proved that we are brighter-minded than people think and are more capable than people assume we are. It also proves that we can handle adult themes and challenging endeavors and given the right accommodations and opportunities to take on these challenges. Adults with disabilities are often treated like children instead of the capable adults that we truly are. We are often left out of difficult and mature conversations about our own life. Our communities need to let us be part of these conversations, be proud that we're part of the community, and treat us with the same opportunities and respect as everyone else. So remember to be an advocate for your own local community and to treat everyone with disabilities with the same dignity and respect as everyone else. Thank you so much to Leah for sharing about her experience. Yeah, I mean, I think that this is such an interesting story. You know, both Leah presents it so well, thinking about how, you know, this was a production that had some really challenging themes in it. It had some really mature themes in it. And so the immediate response from some members of Leah's community and 
full disclosure, I was actually one of the directors of this show, so it was my community as well, was this kind of worry of wanting to protect the actors with intellectual disabilities from these difficult themes like substance use, like death, those kinds of things, which I think are sometimes, you know, those are well-meaning feelings, right? But that leads to some kinds of low expectations, right? That you you couldn't understand this or you couldn't process this appropriately, so you just don't get to do it at all. Well, it also just assumes that folks with developmental disabilities or intellectual disabilities live in isolation as if they're not seeing substance abuse around them or participating in substance abuse, Mm -hmm. right? Plenty of people have substance abuse or that they're not seeing violence or abuse in their communities or experiencing it themselves, right? Like we have to recognize that the things that affect the larger community also affect a smaller community like folks with DD and IDD. Yeah, I mean, I actually think that was one of the the kind of big conversations that we had around doing this production is, you know, there are themes where many of the characters are, are queer in this show, and there were some people who were upset about that, but then there were actors in the company who were like, hey, I'm, I'm queer. So people with intellectual disabilities can be queer, and that's an important thing to recognize. Yeah, just like with able-bodied people, Folks in the with intellectual disabilities and developmental disabilities have all sorts of relationships, engage in all sorts of kinds of work, right, and friendships and various kinds of communities. Yeah, and I think, I mean, ultimately, I think that what theater gives us or performance gives us generally is an opportunity to change minds, right, to to address those assumptions and misconceptions head on, you know, as as someone might do through telling a story, or to do it in a more inadvertent way by performing something complex or mature or that, you know, just non-disabled members of your community might not think you'd be able to do. And I think ultimately the thing that Leah lands on that this is not just about a show, right? This is about allowing people with intellectual disabilities to be part of complex conversations about themselves and about their communities. That feels like a great place to kind of land the show for today. If somebody wanted to get involved with an integrated theater program, is there a search term that they could use to figure out if there's something going on in their area? You know, that's a great question. I think you generally just have good luck by looking up disability in theater and and the place where you live. There are lots of these kinds of companies that exist around the country, a lot more than you probably think. And so I would say if this is something you're interested in, just search for it and get started. So before we end, I want to thank our contributors, Brandon and Leah, and our associate producer, Connor Smenner, and our Telling It Our Way advisory board members, Jorita Fox, Quinn Thomas, and Gavin Daly. And special thanks to WGTE and our producer, Chris Pfeiffer. To access transcripts for the show and any other show notes, please visit WGTE.org slash Our Way. I'm Allie Day. And I'm Becca Monteleone. And you've been listening to Telling It Our Way. WGTE. Voices around us. WGTE is supported in part by American Rescue Plan Act funds allocated by the City of Toledo and the Lucas County Commissioners and administered by the Arts Commission.